0: Welcome to Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table and solutions from a woman's perspective. Today I have a very special guest, and she's actually a friend of mine, but I also work with her, and she is completely gifted in so many different areas. I just wonder how we even got this lady. She's just incredible. And every single day that I work with her, she encourages me, she pushes me forward and keeps me in check and keeps me focused. So, I want to introduce my good friend and colleague, Cricket. Hello. And yes, that is your real name. It is. Right? Everyone, when they meet you, they're like, oh, Cricket, I love your name. And what's it, your real name? Yeah, what's your real name? So, yeah. what is the geome behind that? So, my,
1: my mom is Native American. Okay. And um, so, she has a lot of roots uh, in that in that way mm-hmm. and so all, all of my brothers and sisters and i got really unique names
0: right so cricket is that like i wish i was named cricket actually because <laughs> it's such a cute name like you can't get away from it like i used to hate my name annie but i know it means grace so it's good mm-hmm. so it's so really cool how you actually came to us because i had gotten <laughs> one of my administrative assistants she moved on and we were interviewing people and i never forget what my two colleagues said, Oh, you're, you're going to like her. You're going to pick her. There's like three or four interviews I had and everybody came in just for five minutes in my office. And you popped in the last, you were the last person. And they said, yeah, you're probably going to pick her. I was like, why? Well, you'll see. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'll see. So yeah, when you sat down, I was like, Oh, she seems really studious and really sweet, but really smart. And I just like, it's like, I could trust you. It's like a weird, like Not weird. I should say it's probably Holy Spirit, like a Holy Spirit vibe of you can trust this girl and this girl will have your back and she'll help you. And so I heard that from the Holy Spirit. I might not have told you that. Mm -hmm. And you know me. And if anyone knows me, I'm, I've been through a lot with ministry and leading and just in my past. And so I don't trust a lot of people. It takes me a little bit to trust. And so I've been traumatized by people that were, you know, not in my best interest with HFJ. And and I think that's happened to any business person, any person that's run ministry. So to, to hear from God like that was like, okay, well, I'm going to move forward. And I know that for you, I'm not going to tell your story, but let's go into cricket. How, first of all, how you got the job and what you were doing before.
1: Okay. So I worked in orthopedics for 11 years.
0: 11 years. I did.
1: Yeah. And, um, really enjoyed that job. Um, it was something I felt I was very good at. Uh, but about a year before I came to you, I went to an intensive, it was called Pure Heart and it was, uh, really focused on your identity, who, who we are and we being Christians, who we are, um, in Christ. Right. And that's a, I grew up in church. I, I, I went to church, you know, my entire life and the entire time my mom was pregnant with me. Um, so I have always known Jesus, but, um, I don't think I ever understood before that, the extent of what it means to be in a relationship with him, to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and certainly I did not understand who I was because of what he's done for me. Um, and kind, you know, like someone who's radically saved, um, I had already been saved, but it was that radical change in me that once you know, yeah, everything is different. Right, and right, you right. can't just be who you've been no, exactly. while you lived in all of the lies you believed before you know the truth. Once you know the truth, there are changes that are just um, fundamental to that knowledge, right? No, totally. And so um, as, I, as I kind of you know, it, as I learned more and more and came more and more to understand who I was, the Lord spoke to me more and more clearly. And
0: he said, quit that job. <laughs>
1: he did. <laughs> he told me to leave my job. And um, and it wasn't
0: a bad paying job.
1: No, it was, it was like, I was, I was comfortable and I was not um, discontent in that job, but he told me clearly, he, he told me to leave my job and did not tell me what was next. Um, and that was very scary. So I, Uh, selectively went to any person whom I um, looked at as someone who could counsel me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, or anybody who might talk me out of it Mm -hmm. uh, because it just didn't make sense to leave a good job not knowing why or where you were going Um, and eventually you know first of all nobody was willing to give me any Nobody was willing to say, don't do what God told you to do. Um, not surprising. But uh, finally, it, it came down. It came to a, a head where it was just you have to do one thing or the other. You have to decide to obey or not obey. Um, and, and ultimately, it came down to do I want what I want, which is stability, comfort, um, and, and what I think is best, or do I want what he wants? Right. So if you ask it that way... It's not right. really much of a choice. It's that I want what you want because right. you're going to know better every time, God. So, I did finally leave that job. Um, and
0: you know what? I see. This is what I see. Our topic today is it's like stepping out in faith. Mm-hmm. Are we able? And especially in today's economy and today's atmosphere, politicized atmosphere, the 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 polarization that's happening mm-hmm. in all of our social media. It's just incredibly challenging and daunting and fear comes in. So how can someone trust God in the midst of that? Right. But you did. You have to. And so for anyone out there that doesn't believe that God can move and do something incredible, that's not true because he can. But you have to do it like you did. You actually stepped out because faith without works is dead. And also faith with love produces more faith. Mm -hmm. And so you had to do what you know God wanted you to do Mm -hmm. because you love God right right like it says well, in Romans
1: and and god knows me so i don't think he necessarily calls everybody um in that maybe dramatic or drastic you know of a way but um that was it was such a fundamental shift in in our relationship his and his and mine um so it was
0: certainly the right decision i, no, I and had no doubt i love it because i remember there was a first couple weeks she started working for me, I, I I was upset about something. It was an email or a phone call or a voicemail. And I got defensive and I said, well, this da 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 And you were like, Annie, could that be coming from a place of hurt? And I was like, hmm, what? Why are you saying that to me? And, you know, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? You're probably onto something. <laughs> well, pure heart. And you started talking about pure heart. And I was like, oh, she's had a revelation that, yes, sometimes we operate out of pain and hurt and fear and we're not operating at the top capacity in our faith that we could because we're shrinking back Mm -hmm. because we've been hurt and Mm -hmm. we don't want to be hurt again Mm -hmm. and that is just so classic in ministry because ministry is painful ministry hurts people reject you people avoid you people talk bad about you and you've only done things to help them and they just trash you and it's like no we're still going to stand in the faith that god told us to do he said you're going to do this i'm going to cover you keep moving Mm -hmm. so when we come back i want to talk about your geom in other words your past a little bit you guys this is really cool that we can talk about someone that's kind of close to me that works with me every day be back in a little bit One of the things that we have with Hookers for Jesus is Destiny House, and we are always in need of donations, clothing, food. We also have electricity bills. We have insurance bills for the cars that we drive the girls around to their appointments and also staff that takes care of the girls 24-7. Please help us with our monthly expenses. Become a partner. Go to hookersforjesus.net. Click Donate. It's a tax-deductible donation as we are a 5013C. Help end sex trafficking. Welcome back to Pink Chair. I have my colleague and friend Cricket here. And yes, again, that is her real name. It's cute, isn't it? So, Cricket, you know, I know you talked about Pure Heart and how God really, Jesus just came like in a real relationship with you. But prior to that, there is something that happened. You said you were a Christian, Mm -hmm. but you really didn't know what you know now about Mm -hmm. Christ. So, what was the model. I mean, I know you said you're Native American and you told me prior, which nobody knows this, you were raised in the desert. I was. I'd, I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah.
1: So, um, my parents divorced when I was seven and my mom and stepdad moved us, um, all, all five children, five of the six children with them out to a house in the desert and literally down a dirt road Ugh. for, oh. I don't know how long and, um, how old were no you? electricity. I was seven. So no electricity. We had a propane tank. Um, at, eventually, we did get one. Um, no flushing. No no running water. So eventually, a Are large you tank. We used outhouses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm familiar with that. I've done that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So it was. Uh, we had chickens. We had a horse. We had a goat. We had
0: lots of dogs and cats. What about heat and air conditioning? No. So when it got hot, what happened? You were hot. <laughs> oh.
1: I mean fans, you know. Like I a, mean a that fan but, yourself. But
0: What part of the desert were you in? Were you in the high desert?
1: We were in the high desert in California. Okay, so in what Southern was the California. Average
0: temperature?
1: Uh it was it's like very similar to Las Vegas.
0: Ew. Are you kidding me? No. What about scorpions?
1: <laughs> we had scorpions. And rattlesnakes. Yes, lots of <gasps> rattlesnakes out there. What
0: about black widows?
1: Black widows, <clears throat> vinegaroons, how, yeah, how did you coyotes? Oh
0: my okay, wait. So
1: <laughs> have you ever been bit by a scorpion? Stung, but yeah, I have. What happened? Just nothing. It's just red and swollen. It was when I was pretty small. Okay, so your, your immune
0: system was different back then, probably. Yeah.
1: Well, we ran around the desert barefoot <laughs> back then.
0: Okay so, I, okay, so I grew up in the country, uh, well, the city, but the country, too. And we had an outhouse. Mm-hmm. We had no electricity and mm-hmm. no running water. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very familiar. But we were in Wisconsin, and we were in trees, and it was winter and summer, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as we got electricity... And water, I was so happy. But it took, like, because my mom and dad were building our house that we were going to live in. And so I had to go to school and use the neighbor's bath. It was awful. Like, the outhouse in the middle of the night with a flashlight. Mm -hmm. No phones back then. No, like, lights on your phone. Oh, go to the bathroom. No, you're not. You're taking the flashlight. Mm -hmm. It's cold out. So... How did that affect like your, just your outlook on life? Did you feel like you were missing something or did you just not know there was something else there?
1: I didn't really understand that it was unusual. Right. Um, it's very,
0: it's very hillbilly
1: yeah. in a way. Very unusual. Yeah. It's so like. We walked up the dirt road to where there was asphalt and we would take a bus to school um, through elementary and um, the, really the poverty we were made fun of um, for quite a bit See, that's hard. so that was you know in terms of self-esteem that was probably so devastating um, and, teased. and we got teased for our names as well so oh, that was your name. So cute. How could anyone <laughs> tease you? Well, what about children. your clothes?
0: Like, did you have, cause I, I, I grew up with used clothes and hand me downs and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like I never mean, anything new. I mean, uh, rarely. Yeah. Uh, very rare. Right. So the same. Yeah. Did that make you feel like your mom didn't care or your dad didn't no, care? No, it was, or? it
1: never made me feel like they didn't care. Um, it, you know, it, it was this, we just simply accepted that that was the way it was. Um, so there wasn't that so much as like my self-worth certainly did not develop. I had low self-esteem, um, all the way through my life. I was very shy. I was, I lived in a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. I I had a lot of fear, um, in me in every way I was, you know, just afraid to even talk to
0: people. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what about like compensating for that fear? What did you start managing to do? Hypervigilance. I worked really hard
1: Complex to be trauma. successful, right? right? Worked really hard to be successful at anything that I did. Um, straight A's? So, no, not in school. I didn't get straight A's. I, I didn't ever excel because I didn't want attention. I think, I think that was part of my motivation. I never, I always try to be as small and as ordinary and as, you know, middle of the road as I could. So that was, wow. that's really where I stayed. I didn't want to be looked at by anybody. I didn't want to be spoken to. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak because I didn't want to be heard. Um, I just, I tried to be as small and you as- disappear a little bit. Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, now where, where came this, uh, cause you're just super organized. Mm-hmm. and you fix my desk all, desk all the time in your own, and you're always decorating. It's like, where is this girl getting this from? Because my sister was like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if this was part of your, the way you were raised to where you felt like it made you feel better to straighten things up.
1: Certainly, I, I didn't have a lot of control in my world. I, I'm in the middle. I'm the middle mm-hmm. child, so two older and three younger. Um, so in whatever way that I could, I think I tried to develop different habits
0: and different methods of gaining control in my world. So that's just all a control thing. It's probably not like that with everybody, but the majority of people would be like that, right? Right. So, but that's actually a gift now. Yes. And so God's used it at your old job. He's used it in your, I mean, you're married now Mm -hmm. and you've got kids and it's life is beautiful. It's different. But that skill that you have is so beautiful because even though it was maybe based on inadequacy and pain and loss of control or thought thoughts of loss of control it's actually something that god can use in his kingdom mm-hmm. and he's used it at hfj with you mm-hmm. and i'm sure you're you know like you told me your old job would love to have you back anytime it's like don't don't do it cricket <laughs> you know because we need you so i just it's such a blessing to have you and you know you've, you've poured into me a lot. You've made me feel better about myself. And I, I think as a leader, that just is such a beautiful thing that, you know, cause I look in the Bible at Jonathan and David and, uh, you know, Moses and Aaron and, and, uh, Elijah and Elisha. And I look at these relationships. I mean, even Jesus with John and Peter and, uh, James, it's like, you know, it, it was, it's so needed, like that we have these people around us that complement us and help us. So, um, I wanted to ask you about meeting your husband, uh, your family, and what does that look like now? And just how you apply your faith to that, because you have a whole other thing you do besides help us. You're a mom. You're a ministry leader at your church. You're a woman of God. And God's using you in every single capacity. And I don't even know how you do it cricket, to be honest with you. Cause I had my granddaughter at our house this past weekend and I about <laughs> lost my mind. I was like, um, no, put that down. No, over here. Look over here. It's like, Ha ah! <laughs> you know, like how do you be a mom and be a minister leader and, and, and work at this job and help your husband. And it's just, I know it's not easy. And I know that you've figured out how to manage it all. And I don't get it cause I'm trying to figure it out. Cause I'm like, I'm so like need organization. I don't have that in my life. And you bring that, and I think it's amazing. So when we come back, let's unwrap that, can we? We'll be right back, you guys. Cricket has a really cool story to tell you about our family. And, yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see you. My name is Annie, and I wrote a book called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. This is my life story of becoming a call girl in Las Vegas, becoming sex trafficked, and then ultimately being rescued by the love of Jesus. If you guys wanna know anything about sex trafficking, this is the book you need to read. Go to hookersforjesus.net, click on the picture of the book, and you can order it right now and learn about sex trafficking to end it. Thank you. Welcome back, Pink chair. Right now we have cricket. And we're going to end her story. Actually, we're going to probably talk about your story because (laughs) we're not going to end it. Because it's really interesting. You know, I always wanted to know why you were the way you were. And I just asked you earlier, did you ever consider yourself a perfectionist? I did. And everybody around
1: me did. (laughs) So when I was in my teens and 20s, my siblings all called
0: me the control freak. That was their nickname for me. I love it. At least so. you can admit it. It's <laughs> yeah. okay. I mean, we did that test, Cricket. The Colby. The Colby. Mm-hmm. And I am a an eight on the startup. Mm-hmm. And you are a what? A four, I think, on a startup. A four. You're, yeah. you're not, that's not your suit. But mm-hmm. mine is like, let's do it. Yeah. You're like, well, I need to research it. <laughs> right. And you're, you're good at implementation, for sure. Follow-through is your biggest suit. Right. Right. What, what number were you on there? I think it was an eight. On the so if anyone wants to know about that test, it's called the Enneagram test. No, that's the Colby. Oh, sorry, the Colby. K-O-L-B. Colby test. Mm-hmm. K-O-L-B. Just Google it, you guys. You guys will find it. It's really interesting. I, I want to talk about your family, Cricket, because you're, you, you kind of have a testimony with that, mm-hmm. with your husband, and you guys both have a ministry with that as well. And God's been using you that, you know, your husband was doing something. <laughs> he was.
1: <laughs> so uh, 11 years into our marriage, I discovered that he was a sex addict and that he had been since many
0: years before he and i ever met and he never told you no and you had no idea correct so there's a lot of wives out there Mm -hmm. that probably have this happening to them right and they have no signs what were no signs at all no signs no i mean retrospectively certainly there are things that i go hmm
1: oh yeah But at the time, no, I was, and in part, I was so wrapped up in my own world of hypervigilance and, you know, this like taking responsibility for everything, a great deal of codependence. So I saw what was wrong with me and I wasn't typically looking outwardly for what would be wrong with him or,
0: or those around me. Right. Right. You're so focused on yourself, making sure you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. that you don't notice someone else is going off the tracks a little bit or has been. Right. And so you, I remember you, we were sitting out of town at a restaurant, and you were telling me the story, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you have to share this. But how you discovered it, and you were like, what is going on? And you confronted him. Mm-hmm. And you were like, what?
1: Yeah, I didn't think a lot of it. I found um, I was using his phone because my phone wasn't in reach, and I pulled up his Internet, and by mistake he had left a website up on there. It was oh, pornographic. God. And I was surprised, but... Um, you know, I kind of grew up in this in this world where like that's something guys do sometimes, and um, it's not a big deal. And so I I took it and I waited till he finished watching the film he was watching uh, to even address it. And when I addressed it, it was kind of jokingly like, "Hey, hun, what's this?" Um, and a look came over his
0: face. Did you have a fun weekend?
1: <laughs> right, And I've been out of town. Out of town yes, um, but a, a look came over his face, and it was oh, um, poor guy. I don't know how to describe it, but to this day I can vividly recall. Uh, it, was, it was terror and fear oh. and shame and a lot of other, um, mm. you know, negative emotions. And um, he started crying and he said, I can't stop.
0: Oh, my gosh. At least and he was honest.
1: Most men wouldn't do that. Right. Well, he had gotten to a point. Um, he was raised Catholic and he'd come to a point where... Um, where he had been battling with it for so
0: long and privately he he and himself um and they say that the brain actually will change when you're addicted to porn and drugs Mm -hmm. and any type of thing food where anatomically it changes where it's addicted to that substance so it's addicted to the pornography right and it's dangerous because Mm -hmm. you once you have a certain amount you want more you can't get enough so he was right he so he got help he did he he start, He got
1: into an SAA meeting the next day, in fact, um, and through the process of him starting recovery, um, I became aware that there was something in me that was a mess as well. Uh, initially, I was quite content to blame him for all the wrongdoing because I was the perfect wife and the perfect mother, and I kept everything, in I did everything and did everything right, organized. and you did everything I well. did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, you know, after I, I got past that, I, I realized kind of even even if I were to leave him, that there was something in me that chose this person. Mm-hmm. And my family has a, a great deal of addiction in it. My father was a drug addict. He left when I was seven um, and pursued the next 30 right. years right. Of, of drug use. and. So I, I, I decided I needed to do something to figure out why I was so codependent. And, and if I didn't, that I would just find myself in the same circumstance and relationships again and again and again, as I've seen so many other women do. Right, right. So I began a road of recovery myself um, for codependence. And, you know, through
0: that process grew much closer to the Lord. Oh, right. Because once we be, once we know, because Cricket, that is like a, such a, gut-wrenching revelation, if you ever get that, if anyone ever, ever could take a codependency test and understand why their relationships are failing so often Mm -hmm. is because they're codependent and they're not relying on God. They're not trusting God. And so you can't marry until you really know. And if you do after, and that's what happened with you, obviously, yeah. God fixed both of you. And it's so beautiful that you were already married. You had a daughter and a son, mm-hmm. right? And, and uh, your, your kids are so cute. Thank <laughs> you. um, and you're being this full-time mom and you discover that he's doing this. And so uh, how did your relationship heal? Um, it broke first. Yeah. I was
1: devastated. Right. I, 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 uh, for those 11 years, um, the first seven, I lived in Disney world. Mm-hmm. Like everything was perfect and wonderful. And he was perfect and wonderful. And, um, and how could I be so lucky? Uh, and then, you know, the subsequent years, um, mm-hmm. the subsequent four years were miserable because wow. he just grew increasingly depressed and self-hating and, and unhappy and unpleasant to be around. He spent in numerous hours at work. Uh, so I, you know, in those last two years, I was really a single parent. Wow. And him coming around was kind of a disruption. Mm-hmm. It was kind of mm-hmm. undesirable for right. him to even come home for the few hours to sleep, shower, and go back to work. Um, so that 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 break happened, and um, initially I hated him. And uh, it, it was it was a couple of weeks before I could even kind of really start to think about working on any kind of repair in the
0: relationship. My, my, my initial response was run. Yeah. And grace, grace is, that's what grace does. In Mm -hmm. fact, you know what? I was looking up this scripture earlier because, uh, you know, when people talk to you, it's like they can trust you. And I, I think that, that one of the things that God does is he gives grace for our relationship. So you had to have grace for him. And it says in uh, James 4, 6, but he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. So we have to humble ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you had to humble yourself. I did. With him and, and decide to, to forgive him. Mm-hmm. Right? And right. love him again and give mm-hmm. him another chance. Because, again, he's hurting just like you were. You're a control freak. He's doing porn. And God can make that disaster turned into something be- beautiful, right? right? So um, that's where you guys are now. Mm-hmm. Everything's much better, right? And you guys oh, are goodness, teachers yes. at your church now. You guys do small groups, right? We do. And you lead a um, small group, right? Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. I-, I mean, that's just a full turn on. You said your husband speaks. I said, can we talk about your husband? You're like, yeah, he doesn't care. He speaks about this all the time. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Nobody talks about porn. Right. And I'm, I am so I- encouraged that he talks about porn. Uh, and also about you sharing about your relationship with him and to leading the other women, because a lot of women struggle. Right, Their men are on porn. Their husbands are on porn. And you can lead them out of that dark space because you've repaired your relationship with Christ because love is unconditional.
1: Right.
0: And so uh, one last thing, Cricket, because I hate this that we're out of time. Oh, my gosh, it went by so fast. dude. I'm so upset about it. But one of the things that I wanted you to talk about, how do we not judge people when they're in that place of porn? We've talked about this in the car so many times, like say that again, cricket, because if I judge someone for what they're doing, Mm -hmm. why is that wrong? Well, what they think or how they are
1: at at the end of it, none of us deserve the grace we've been given. None of us could earn the forgiveness uh, that we've already been given. It's, it's such an incredible gift to have sin that is um, so drastic right. and so overwhelming. And whether that's of hypervigilance or over on the side of drug use and illicit sex, it doesn't matter because sin is sin. And none of us could earn forgiveness for that. No, absolutely. And it's been given to us for free right. if we accept it. Once we have accepted it though, there is no choice because you now have Christ living in you but to give that to others. Right. Something we battle with in the Christian church is a lot of Christians who live in who, who have accepted grace but they're still living in law and they want to there it is. they want to put that law mm-hmm. on others. Right. Um, Christians want, or non-Christians. They
0: want someone else to understand Oh, well, you, if I could do this, you can too. And it's like they, they don't have the same past or geom or experience, so they don't understand. So, right. And, and I, I was saying this earlier, but I, I saw God saying, I give everyone free will. And why wouldn't you give that person free will too? Right. And if they're stuck in sin, let them figure it out. And love them anyway. That's right. Love them right where they're at because right. that's what I do. Mm-hmm. so thank you so much Cricket for coming on today. thank you for having me and I- I'm excited because you're probably going to come on again because this was really good and I am not done talking about it you guys I just can't get enough of Cricket we love her don't you love her <laughs> thanks for coming and watching Pink Chair we'll see you next time